Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 446 on Tuesday, the 4th of January, 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we're shocked, well, not really, at some government backpedalling. We'll be looking at the stretching of the word justice in Japan, and it would be a bad joke if one car was not restored. But first, we have a couple of bits of follow-up. and We, we, we should say Happy New Year first. We could do, yes. Happy New Year, everyone. If you're going to be all proper and nice nice to people, okay. Yes, I'll try. Okay, (laughs) we've said, we've done that. Get on with it. Okay, I'll kick off the follow-up. And this is about the government backpedalling over their plans for car chargers in all non-residential car parks over a certain size. Now, originally, everything that had a car park that could handle 20 or more cars that wasn't residential had to install at least one charger. One measly little charger. Yes. But one charger will mean two, usually means two. Two ports, yeah. Can do, can't it? Yeah, so. Mm, Can do. Yeah. Uh, But however, they've changed that now and it is only for new and refurbishment commercial premises because there was a fear that the cost for businesses would be outrageous and uh, uneconomical, et cetera, et cetera. So that has then, in turn, made the motoring industry turn around and go, um, we might really quite significantly struggle to have enough chargers by your date of no more uh, internal combustion engine cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, wonderful piece of short-sightedness, that, actually, for negligible anything to just put in one or two chargers. Shouldn't have been a lot of a lot of effort. To be honest, I guess most of the cost is if it's separate from the building, then making sure it's then actually getting the electricity out there to that initial charging point. But it's going to have to happen. Yeah, it really is going to have to happen. So I don't see the point in in delaying it at all. No, I, I just it does seem daft. It does it, it mm. does seem a really? It very much comes across as though oh, we're just listening to whoever shouted last. Yes, or, or whoever's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you take mm. us to Japan anyway? Let's, let's talk about some really... This is just Oof. shocking. This really is shocking, guys. The story from the Asia Times came out just before Christmas. Uh, and it's the whole story about how the um, how the, 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 the charges against uh, former Nissan executive Greg Kelly are fabricated, made up. Uh, and this is part of, I mean, the, what you'll be linked to in the show notes. Now, I would, if the story interests you, then this is the eighth part of a series. And there will be a ninth. And there will be more, yeah. So this, yeah. Will, this will continue. This is the eighth part. And it's pretty shocking. So it's really that, that Harry Nader, who was running the CEO's office once Carlos Ghosn was out of the way at the time, essentially lured Greg Kelly to Tokyo, uh, despite the fact that he was about to have quite significant surgery yeah essentially lured him on pretense of one type of meeting and that the vehicle that was sent to collect him from the airport essentially met up with the tokyo prosecutor's office en route back he was arrested and despite the fact he was in constant pain was was detained in tokyo for quite some time uh, with absolutely no access to medical care or anything like that. Uh, Nada refused to help in any way, shape, or form, having even, well, he set him up in the first place. Really, really, pretty some pretty flipping horrible actions, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And I wouldn't trust this chap with a barge pole. Yeah, it's disgusting, frankly, what it comes uh, it, across as. 
really one of the most appalling things I've read since we started Motoring Podcast, just in terms of the hypocrisy and just just nastiness. Yeah. I recommend having said that, I recommend that you also read it. But I I, I do. It it's it's you, you gotta read it for some of the story behind it. I mean he he eventually did did get the surgery whilst in Tokyo, but it was it was a month a month late. But just the delay in surgery did him no good. All sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. Bugging things. Just general nastiness i'll stop going on now because i am waffling lots but do do please have a read of this story from the asia times and then read out the the rest of it if that interests you but great work by uh, roger schreffler but what it also does make clear is because the um from the information gathered here if this is true then not only is kelly innocent of the charges they brought against him but the first yeah. two car uh, charges against gone are actually fabricated well, because they are the yes. same thing Mm, and they are yes. connected with each other. So this also shines an appalling light on the Japanese judicial and uh, police services yeah, the, and the whole prosecutors. Legal system. The whole legal system just comes out of this. If it wasn't tainted in how they mm. had behaved and treated Gone and Kelly, uh, remembering this is a different country, a different culture, and all the rest of that sort of thing, but the, us, for us Westerners, it was quite shocking. Mm that this information is just not true and they're still carrying on is uh, just, it, I I am almost speechless with how awful this is. You have to read it. You really do have mm. to read it just to see how shocking it is. We, we have glossed. I mean, we're just glossed over barely cut touching, touching the main points, even just of this one, this one part of the eight part story. If this interests you in any way, shape, or form, do have a read. It really is quite quite something. Yep. Right, I'm going to move us on now. New news. Mm -hmm. And as of the 1st of January, there is a new rule from the uh, Financial Conduct Authority with regards to insurance. What this was is that if you're an existing customer for an insurance company, they have to offer you the same rate as they would offer someone with your exact same circumstances and liability mm -hmm. that they that they have deemed as a new person coming in so i.e when it comes to renewal time you don't have to get your quote and then phone them up and go oh come on this is ridiculous yeah. and then they suddenly lop 300 quid off and you go oh i suppose so or go to compare the the rodent and, and come back with the same the same insurance company offering you the same thing for for 100 pounds less or something yeah obviously we know just what's going to happen here there's the, the the prices are going to go up uh for whenever you want to to, to try and change insurance company yeah the, the, i i did chuckle at the claim that the fca estimates that us consumers will save 4.2 billion pounds over 10 mm. years so that's amazing i said no we won't no we won't because they just put the price up is that you know when you force us to have to take something out Mm. which It'll get it's illegal for us to to not have insurance then of course we're going to get stitched up <laughs> yeah there was I did, I did see an email it wasn't to, it was it was from my mom's car insurance company and saying look how wonderful we are your quote if nothing changes should be the should always be the same or less than it was the year before the same if that nothing changes the, that's nice of you <laughs> yes and it's like well you'd think so wouldn't you and it was one of those things that, yeah, but I also know that you're being made to do this. It's not 
you know, the email was like, well, aren't we lovely? Yes. I was like, no, you're being told to do it. <laughs> Give over. Yeah, God. Uh, do you want to take us to America? Uh, at some point, yes. <laughs> um, goodness knows when. Yeah, Tesla. Hello, it's a Tesla story, and it is because it is actually quite a big one, but they are having to recall almost half a million cars over safety issues. In the US, though? In the US. And this is purely in the US, by the way. Remember that different, that the Tesla, the Model 3s that we get here, because you don't really get any other model of Tesla anymore. Apart, oh, okay, so you get the Y, perhaps. But the Model 3 that we get here is actually, uh, comes from China, I'm told. Mm. Uh, nor rather than the US. But the, there are challenges with the boot and the rear view cameras on Model 3 and Model S cars. And those in turn increase the risk of crashing. So the 119,009 exactly Model S vehicles are being recalled uh, because of the front, front, um, the front boot issue. Uh, and the chance that I guess that could come open, and the rear view camera issues on three hundred and fifty six thousand three hundred and nine model threes uh, built between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty. Twenty seventeen. That seems like a long time ago. It's five years ago. The mm. model three really been out that long. I know it took ages to get over here. Well, I suppose it did take take ages for them to to build more than the first couple of hundred. So yeah, so that's that's pretty big. But this is on the back of quite a big couple of weeks for tesla anyway because they announced yes. a great fanfare that you could play games on their touchscreen while it was driving along yes and then after oh i don't know the universe said that wasn't a very safe thing they went oh okay maybe we will disable it if the car's moving you do wonder just what was going through people's minds whenever they decided that possibly the steering wheel to have to be told yeah that that's not a good idea is absolutely ridiculous and once again brings up our frustration with the company and their management mm -hmm. yeah and and that by the way had that been allowed to stay that affected five hundred and eighty thousand teslas admittedly some of which would fall in the, the crossover there but just I, I just don't understand how that's that's any kind of good idea but yes, there seems to have been a real crackdown, a real change of gear for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, in, in the US. Uh, they're really starting to say, look, just just stop it, would you? Yeah, I think that's coincided with change of, um, I was going to say regime, but uh, um, <laughs> but of government. Yes, well, exactly, yes. And then people, you know, different people at, at the top. Yeah. Um, because, of course, they're politically appointed. So that does seem to be a, a knock-on effect. Obviously, safety probes and stuff still ongoing in the background. Right, I'll move us to China now. And this is actually uh, quite a surprise, and this is big news, and that China is removing the limits on foreign investment in their passenger car manufacturing. Because hmm. up to the 1st of January this year, there had to be joint ventures. And that took a long time to get to the point where there were joint ventures were allowed. Well, it's been a long, well, for a long, long time. It was really Volkswagen and Peugeot Citroën, really. Mm. Uh, Volkswagen Santana is the one I always think of as being archetypal, <laughs> you know, a Ch Chinese-built car. Yeah. Um, and that was built was it with Dongfeng. I forget. But yeah, it was, I mean, that's been like that since the, uh, in my memory, at least from, from the 80s onwards. Yeah. 
and they sort of loosened it up where it had to be certain percentages and then it could be 50-50 and then there could be a greater percentage where it was mm. foreign owned um, or controlled. And now they're saying the full-on, the manufacturing can be owned by foreign companies and doesn't necessarily have to have a local involvement on that front. I wonder how quickly that will change and whether people will actually just go, it's probably wise to be joint venture. Yeah, it's a tricky one because you do find that some of the Chinese companies who make vehicles with their own badges also make vehicles for competing other companies. So you might find that there's the same company is building. Uh, and this is, I'm, I'm sort of picking this example off my off the top of my head. It's It's not it's not necessarily real, but you know, building joint venture with Mercedes Benz, building one model, and then build a joint venture with with BMW, building another model. Mm. But you're finding, if if not that example, then then very similar examples all over the place in China. Yeah, quite strange. It, it's just made it harder, I guess. Supply chains feeding into different, feeding into many different places and companies. I, I think we might see some consolidation. But like you, I, I don't think that people are running to do it. Certainly not in between. Uh, certainly not in between model cycles. No, and there will need to be. If you're going to do it alone, you're probably going to have to build your own factories and stuff. So yeah, there's. What do you reckon? Five to seven years before we start seeing that, and yeah, yeah, unless you, unless really you're a new happening? startup. Exactly. exactly. Unless you're a new startup, that I I can't see it. anyone who's there now. I can't see them rushing off to do it. But it, no. but it is big news. I mean, it's not not all industries have been opened up. There are still some that are under control of the Chinese government. But this has been opened up, and that's, that is a massive step for them and their economy. Mm. Yeah, and and th- that will have impact throughout the automotive sort of supply chains and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Talking of startups. Mm. And automotive supply chains. There's a story from Somerset Live. Uh just at the start of the holidays there. Well, it was just before New Year. Uh, and it's all about the Rivian UK Gigafactory and sort of summarizing what is known about the offer that's being put together for Rivian. So the idea is that there's that the that there's going to be a 635-acre it's described to as a smart campus, but I don't understand how that's any it's different from any other plot. Now, it? And yeah. it'll be an e-campus, I'm surprised. Uh, and it's going to be called smart handle. Oh, God, shut up. Yes, and it's going to be called, called Gravity uh, in Puritan near Bridgewater as the base for their new factory. It is uh, suggested that they could create up to 40,000 new direct and indirect jobs. Seems like quite a high number. How many of those would be (laughs) UK-based? Well, yes. (laughs) But it's not the only place that's under consideration by Rivian, is it? No, I mean, there's there's lots of bits and pieces they're talking about here, one of which was it's going to be the largest single building in the UK. Uh, But this is, I mean, it's still all conjecture, really, uh, to an extent. They're offering a new motorway junction uh, to feed it, which is which is quite impressive in itself in the UK. Yes, I mean it was part of once a bomb factory. It was once part of the Royal Ordnance Bomb Factory. So mm. it's, it's 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 not green. It's not completely greenfield, uh, completely greenfield site. No, but they're up against two two sites in the EU. They are, yeah. Which obviously uh, has advantages and disadvantages that are different to building a site in the UK at the moment. Yes, absolutely. So we're still going to see what happens. I mean, it should be, uh, from the 
the 40,000 I noticed further down in the thing, it, it points out an that somebody else has said that an electric vehicle manufacturer in this gravity site could generate upwards of 5,000 jobs. So that's starting to sound a little more realistic, if even really quite high. Yeah. We shall, we shall see what happens. Good luck. Obviously, I hope that, that it, it, it's the case. Mm. But we'll, we'll just keep an eye on that one and see, uh, and see what happens over the next few months, I think. Absolutely. Yep. Right. I shall now swing us back up north, all the way up to oh, Aberdeen. Can I just say one other thing? I oh, yeah. see that some journos in North America have actually got their hands on a Rivian. Oh, right. truck so they are real and they are being allowed out into other people's hands not just for show anymore mm. okay <clears throat> that's hopeful well it's been backed by ford and uh amazon yeah i mean it, people have been saying for quite some time it's it's the the one that's most likely to succeed mm. really by being you know that's a startup by being realistic uh and realistically priced and doing having both big commercial backers, uh, but also being able to do to do something which is more consumer oriented, which is a which is a pickup truck mm. in the US, which is makes a lot of sense. They seem to have been more measured in their approach. The They've promises made, made don't yeah. seem to have been too stratospheric. I, I was going to say that they've never made crazy promises. Mm. And anything they have promised, they do seem to be delivering on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the mules that are the the the, I guess the press cars that are out with with journalists in the US, they look just like everybody promised that they would look, and that's, that's kind of funky actually. So that's fingers so crossed then that that's it's real. Really, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Far more real than just about anything else that we've seen from any other EV startups. Mm. Mm. Good, especially in the pickup truck space. Yes. <laughs> Right, I'm going to take us up to Aberdeen, and a trial is starting very soon up there for hydrogen fuel cell cargo bikes. Now, this, I think, is interesting. One, because it's hydrogen, and two, the location of the trial. It is going to get some extreme weather testing by doing it in Aberdeen. Well, hopefully they're water and windproof. That's all I'm going to say. Well, uh, that's the thing that sort of got me. If you look in the picture in the Autocar article, which of course will be linked in the show notes, they they seem quite tall mm. and don't weigh very much. No, they've got very, very skinny little bicycle-style wheels, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. They, it's talked about the, um, the company's called electric assisted vehicles or eav and they're from oxfordshire and they stress about how that well they aim for making things as light as possible but they're being very upfront and saying raw materials for battery production is in short supplies that's why they've gone down the hydrogen route hmm. to look at these things I, i'm very interested because i i think it's a it's a real funky little vehicle yeah that if it can be made to to be driven by someone mm -hmm. in an urban environment i think it's a great little thing from that mm -hmm. point of view again you know there's the, the usual caveats of you have to be near enough to the hydrogen uh, system to to fuel up but you're never going to get very far are you and even if you run out you can still pedal it yes so th this uh, this makes a lot of sense obviously th there are the then caveats that uh, green hydrogen is still being worked on, et cetera, et cetera, before anybody sort of at me about that. Yeah. We know this 
but they are investigating an alternative propulsion system is what's happening. But, you know, there's there's good things. There's there's certainly lots of energy available free in Aberdeen. I don't just and I don't mean from the oil fields, I mean from wind and wave, particularly wind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that is one of the ways of cracking green hydrogen. Now there is an interest now I would point out that if you do go to the autocar article uh, that's linked there is a bit of a te- there is a, seems to be a bit of a bit of a typo and at one point it says the only emission as a result of the hydrogen being created is water i i would argue that it's it's probably not that that's as that's as a result of the electricity being created i would just just double check on that particular line in it before you you sort of as you say don't at us on, yes. on that one i'm not yeah. sure that that's quite correct it's interesting the, the thing that the other thing that made that that i thought about whenever i saw this was river simple Mm. the welsh uh hydrogen lease vehicle and commercial vehicle yeah uh, startup which has been going for some time in north wales but hasn't necessarily delivered anything usable or even on a wider trial yet they're just expand they're slowly expanding their trials and if you look at the mm. funding i think we talked about this towards the back end of last year, they hit a funding target. And that mm. target wasn't massive, so it's not like they appeared to be looking to create a 100-vehicle fleet to then put out to people. It, it, yeah, it would appear to be small, manageable <laughs> numbers that they're doing slowly over time. Yes, well, they did, and they have sort of started from scratch, admittedly, a, a little while ago. So it, it's th- that was the other thing that I thought of when it came to sort of hydrogen, small local commercial vehicle mm. uh, type things. But yeah, it it it's still there and it's still ticking away. But I, I think a little bit like Rivian, they're not making any massive promises. No, uh, just yet. No, I mean because it's, it's, it, initially it's only going to be six vehicles, but I really like the idea of it, even if the, these things were pure battery electric mm. ones or something similar i think these are very interesting and if they're out on trials i think will help to start get the public and ourselves to think of alternative you know not to just immediately go to van car as the solution yeah there's lots of, yes 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 and they're interesting here because they are mostly cycle powered and that means that they're there's various licensing and things yeah, uh, around these. So, so there's lots of advantages to it being assisted as opposed to electric on yep. its own or, or whatever. Talking of trials, do you want to take us to Milton Keynes? Uh, I quite like Milton Keynes, to be honest. Milton Keynes. Uh, okay, let's let's just read the uh, let's read the the the, the headline. I'll from just mute BBC myself. News. Yeah, just you sharp, because I've already heard your opinions on this. It says, Milton Keynes to hold large-scale driverless car trial. This is a company called Fetch, and it's backed by the government and Milton Keynes Council. And the idea is that it will allow people to order a, a car, and this is using quite a broad definition of car, so a four-wheeled vehicle with an enclosed cabin, okay? Probably closer to a... To a, a, a a thingy cycle. I forgot the word. It makes an axion look positively spacious. It it does. Yes. <laughs> it, it, the, there is a bit of a, a whiff of the old. Um, oh, what was a really ugly one that you saw in London? I've completely forgotten the name now. I blocked it from my memory. But yes, everybody will know what I'm talking about, and I will get many DMs during the week reminding me. 
the Indian ones. Uh, the, so this fetch car, now what they're very big on saying that it's not autonomous. This is not autonomous. It is driverless in their words, despite the fact that it will be remotely controlled by an operator. So like a drone, they say. So essentially, someone who is not in the vehicle will be driving the vehicle from far, far away. Now, to start with, there will also be a safety driver who will not be driving the vehicle, but we're in it for safety, just in case, you know, everything goes nuts and there's a bit of a Johnny Five incident. They are driverless but not autonomous. And then in time, they intend on phasing out the, oh, you guys should see his face. It's a cracker. Um, they are, it's quite distracting, actually. They will be, they'll be phasing out the safety driver so that the, the vehicles, when, I think it's when nobody else is in them, will then drive themselves. I don't know if if you're a passenger. No, 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 no. it can't drive itself. No, 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 drive themselves. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say drive themselves. Will not have a safety driver in them, and will be being, being driven remotely. But but my then thought was, well, what if it gets delivered to you? Can you then drive it yourself? That was really what I was thinking just there. But that, that doesn't make that clear. But don't worry, everyone, because some of the early people who are going to be trialed in this are the MK Dons players and staff who will be taking part in the trial. This, you can imagine a football player wanting to turn on one of these. It's going to be cracking. But yes, so the preliminary trials all taking place around Milton Keynes Stadium. I just, I've got to stop now because I can just see the look of incredulity on Andrew's face. It seems very, very strange. I'm curious to see if it works. I mean, obviously there's massive potential issues around what if there's a problem with the um, mobile data signal? What if there's something happens which could, which means that the data networks need to be turned down? If there is a mass mob descends upon Milton Keynes, for example, who who knows uh, how are things going? How are vehicles going to be able to get out of the way of emergency services vehicles? All sorts of fun questions like that. This is a two hundred word article on the BBC News site, so we don't really know yet. But if we find out, we'll tell you. Yep. <laughs> I think that's about the end of the first part. <laughs> <laughs> he promised everyone not to not to not to go nuts on that and that's why i ended up with it as you can probably guess however as you say it's about the end of the first part that means it's time for the guilt minute a quick break in the show we ask for a tad of financial support to get the lights on and the hosting running if you feel the motoring podcast worth a small consideration every month and you can become a patron different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you including being able to watch the show recorded live we also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and teespring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts if you don't have any spare cash and we completely understand then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you if you've done all of that and some of you do so thanks very much then the last thing we can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues yes and thank you everyone who does Yes, you are. You rock. Mm-hmm. Very much. Right, new new car news. A surprising amount of new new car news. Oh, well, I kept a bit over in the last episode because oh, we did okay, the roundup, okay. didn't we? That's true, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I'm going to start with the uh, Cupra Born EV hot hatch because uh, we have talked about this car before, but we've now got uh, prices and specs. And it is going to start... Well, the first cars that are going to be released will be the mid-range 201 bhp car that's going to have a 48 kilowatt battery 
and a range of around sorry, 260. 58, 58. What did I say? You said 48. Oh, sorry. Yes, 58. And 40, 40 yeah, that's, that's later on. Sorry, yes, 58 kilowatt, which will give a range in the region of 263 miles on the WLTP cycle. There's going to be three trim levels, starting with V1, and that is priced at 33735 going all the way up to the V3 package, which will top out at 37375 where you get more things, bigger things, <laughs> things. You get more and bigger. There you go. There we yes. are. Sorted. Not long after this comes out, there will be 150 brake horsepower version with a 45 kilowatt battery now that one is right this time (laughs) yes Yes, it is and autocars suggesting that perhaps that will duck in under the thirty-two thousand pound plug-in grant that changed so recently Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there will be a year later a range topper of 231 brake horsepower which they haven't confirmed but could either be the 58 or 77 kilowatt battery and a range in the region of 335 miles. I really like it because it looks like the kind of stuff that I doodled in my exercise books and still doodle in on the edges of meeting notes uh, to this day. I think it's quite cool because I love that slightly monospace look but with mm-hmm. a couple of discrete slashes and a bit of sort of forwardness i like the look of it a lot i mean the color that they've chosen for the press things is fantastic blue with the copper accent and i i'm very interested with the accents they've done as well i think that helps lift the car oh yeah yeah, in terms of looks and i think we we will see this more and more with electric cars is that there will be more playing with different materials Hmm. that we haven't seen on internal combustion engine cars or when we have it doesn't seem to have added anything too much. I, yes, I, and I think that's going to be a theme. I mean, this is another concept we're going to talk about in a little bit, where where we're starting to see more and more of this. Okay, here's a slightly different material. Here's a slightly different texture. Yeah, that's coming. I think that's we're going to see more of that. I think that's a that, that's a theme over the next few years, anyway. Yeah, uh, Cupra are at pains to stress that this will not just be a rebadging effort they have put a lot of work into making it a fun interesting drive and that you'll know that you're in a cupra born and Mm. not just go oh this is anything from the vw range that's on the same platform type thing yes Mm -hmm. so that's that's good to hear yet to know whether that's the case but it's good to hear that they acknowledge that could have been a problem Mm mm-hmm Yes, yes, yes. I mean, even just sitting here looking at the pictures, I can see some some controls that are very familiar from a, a press car I had recently. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I absolutely. like it. I like it. But do you want uh, to take us within the VW group? Yeah, more Volkswagen. And this is something that lots of people have been looking forward to for a long, long time. Oh, not quite as long, long time as I thought it was. It's not the vehicle I thought it was going to be. I should have known that because I have actually read this already. The new Volkswagen Multivan, the successor to the Caravelle, which is essentially the it's it's the non-commercial version of the Transporter, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Significant changes, as much to looks as anything else. I mean, very much more for the same family as the the ID three, the ID four, Cooper Born, and everything else that's on that those platforms. It's very clearly a VW. It is a Volkswagen, but it couldn't be anything other than a Volkswagen. It doesn't actually still have a family resemblance to to the previous T-whatever, uh, which you can find on just about 
anywhere in the UK generally turned into a camper van <laughs> and running on vegetable vegetable oil right, right yes. at the minute. <laughs> but this one won't be available as that because you'll get a choice of a 1.5 or 2 litre turbocharged petrol engine. You'll get a short or long wheelbase. And there will also be the option of a plug-in hybrid. Three different specs, life, style, and at launch, energetic. Oh my God. I know, I know. The marketing people have really earned their Prosecco uh, on, on this one. <laughs> and a little bit like like most other cars, you, you start at the bottom and, and you get, even actually even life gets you seven seats, 16-inch alloys, twin sliding doors, 10-inch information, infotainment display, as well as digital cockpit, lane assist, all the other good stuff that you expect because they're kind of mandated. Uh, these days, star models and LED matrix headlamps, electric sliding doors and tailgates, and the energetic uh, spec where it, at launch will come with a 1.4 turbocharged e-hybrid powertrain uh, and all the toys, including Harman Kardon sound systems, 18-inch wheels and panoramic sunroof. Order books will open this month and first delivery expected towards the end of March. I got a little bit thrown, by the way, by the fact it has a light strip right across the front of it. And for some reason, I got it into my head for a second there that it was the ID buzz. But that's coming oh, yeah, later okay. in the year. That's yeah. coming later in the year. So that, that was what, what got me confused at the start. I had this sudden panic uh, in there. So yes, yes, lots of stuff, twin colors, two-tone colors, even uh, all sorts of bits and pieces like that. So mm. yes, it, it will be loved. It will find its way to Devon and Cornwall in very short order. Mm, um, you look at the internal layout... Because this is a dedicated new model, fresh model. That's why there's mm. the name change as well. It's no longer sharing the underpinnings with the transporter because uh, Ford is going to be providing their commercial option. Of course. But if you look in the back of this, this reminds me a lot of MPVs from the 90s where you said, oh, look at all these people, but don't take any luggage. If you've um, got all the it seats. It depends because this, this is short wheelbase. Yeah. This one's short wheelbase. And there will be a long wheelbase version as well. So I think that you're being... You might be being a bit harsh, Andrew. Okay. We'll see. Mm. Oh, we'll, we'll see. see. I, mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm so, wrong. Let's put it that way. Because you know what I think about van-derived cars? You love van-derived cars. I do. I do. Yes. Right, we've got some honourable mentions. And we do, we do, because there was lots of other fun stuff uh, this, this week. So, uh, obviously, one of the first things that everyone is talking about is the Mercedes-Benz Vision EQXX that was meant to be at CES, but nobody sensible is going to CES uh, because that involves lots and lots of people indoors in the same place from all over the world. And that might be a small issue right at the moment. So Mercedes aren't there, so they did a virtual launch the other day. They are promising, I mean, this is a concept uh, of a sort of speed tail type Mercedes, very un-Mercedes looking. Mm. Although if you kind of stand back and squint, you can see sort of, Rudolf Caracciola's 300 SL type thing going on at the front, but there there are hints of it there, and they they have cleverly chosen the same color, mm. um, which helps. But it's super aero, smallish battery, really relatively lightweight. I think it's an interesting show off. They're promising 620 miles mm. from something which is much lighter and much smaller battery. So I think there's some super clever, uh, some super clever stuff there. Uh, it's claiming a drag rating of below 0.18 cd for someone like me who 0.32 seems like a very low number um 
point three point three. That was the OD hundred, wasn't it, with the flush windows? Yeah. Um, so that's like the the number that's in my head from my sort of peak autocar reading years. That seems phenomenally low and also it's quite small at the front so what really matters isn't just the drag coefficient but the drag coefficient multiplied by the frontal area uh, which is way smaller than for example the eqs which has uh, 0.2 cd yeah but they've also working on this on this again acknowledging that it is a prototype but they've done a lot of work and engineering to the drivetrain mm. uh, and making the smaller battery a really viable thing to give that long massive range but also on how they keep the uh the whole thing cool yet the people warm and stuff like there's some clever stuff in this autocar article that you should explore and have a read of this is a really clever show-off thing i think this is going to show one of the directions in which evs are going to go uh, mm. somebody said oh look uh, look we're now into an era of long cars and i think i pointed out that well you're either going to get long or you're going to get tall you're going to have space for batteries one way or t'other. And so if you want short, then you've got to go tall. If you're want, if you if you're not bothered by that, you, you go long. And here they use it long tail, a very distinct cam back. Very clever stuff. I think that this, is, this will never make production in its current form, but I think it's a real hint of the direction that EVs will go in the medium term, at least, to try and just be clever. Because right at the minute, it's all about, whoa, we get range by putting a flip massive battery. Yeah. Uh, and this is about, no, this is how we do it if we're a little bit more intelligent about it. So re I wanted to include it. I know it's a prototype, but it's, it's. I think it's going to be quite an important one. Yep, I agree. Concept I agree. The engineering side of things. Uh, and it shows that the companies that were very reluctant to go down the electrified route not so long ago have really turned their engineering focus onto it and are aware of the problems and the challenges and are trying to solve them in clever and interesting ways a bit like people some companies like to keep quiet until they know exactly what it is they're going to do and whenever they speak that's when you pay attention i think we're starting to see that mercedes-benz has been doing that for a while despite all my jokes about that all their their previous ev range looking like the standard models that have been robbed like a bar of soap <laughs> now we're really starting to see the clever stuff coming through yeah yeah. I think we have to say we have to sadly say goodbye to a car or That's a pickup, don't we? It. No, it's Nissan Navara. Goodbye, Nissan Navara. It's gone from the European market. It's not being built in Barcelona anymore. Uh, that finished just last week. Um, so yes, Nissan Navara is no more. It's one another one of the companies pulling out of the pickup truck market, which seems kind of strange. I still don't really understand this move. Um, it, it does seem does seem slightly weird. Yeah. So it's. It's all down to Azuzu, Ford, and um, Toyota now, isn't it? Uh, it is, but there will probably be a Volkswagen version of the Ford. Oh, yeah, of new, course, because uh, the new, uh, the new Ford. I won't say Maverick. Maverick's the little one, Ranger. which is in in the US. Uh, yeah, it's down to the to, to the Ranger as well, uh, and uh, there's some bit players from 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 Sangyong as well. But who knows how long they'll they'll stay around? But there is a new one. A uh, new model of Hilux out, by the way, because it's Dakar time. And so this was a perfect time, I guess, to launch the Hilux GR Sport, born out of the Dakar success. Does this one come with sensors up front if, I don't know, say a motorbike's right in front of it so he doesn't run it right over and the rider? Um, no, but it does seem to have a which, camera which on the happened front of it the picture. This is, which happened yesterday. Did it? I'm, I'm oh, I, haven't yeah. been, I haven't been following at all. Oh, wow. Oh, 
I hope uh, everyone and, was and okay. It, and it was bad. And it, oh, it was not it's okay. like you must have seen him and then you carried on. Oh. Yes, there's oh. there's lots of unhappiness. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sure that, that won't come as standard on this. <laughs> yes. It doesn't come Before with catchers for motorbikes. <laughs> it does not come with a motorbike catcher. Uh, however, it does come with, with the larger engine putting out over 200 brake horsepower. It comes with an automatic gearbox. It comes with twiddled suspension and some very comfy-looking GR-branded seats as well, as well as a different mm-hmm. grille and stuff like that. I really like it, but that's not a surprise to anyone who knows me. Yep, no. does does look good. does look good. Even in yep. that grey, it looks good. Yes, yes, I probably wouldn't have it great. Never mind. Okay. Takes to the list of the week, uh, and it is from Autocar. It's a slideshow, but it seems to be working this time <laughs> on my computer. So maybe <laughs> well, something. One day, something someone happened. is going to call us out about that. Well, I'll happily chat to Autocar tech wizards and say if you could be consistent that'd be lovely <laughs> i know i know I know. Oh but this God. is 30 years on great car adverts from 1991 and there are 21 slides and there are some in here i've forgotten all about uh and some that there's a reason i forgot about but then there's some some lovely ones in here and some mad ones as well do you have one that stands out to you alan i'm just flicking through to remind myself there are a lot, aren't they? I mean, the first one's a classic in, in its own. There are. I mean, there's so... To be honest, this was a cracking time for print car adverts, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I There's some of them you just wouldn't get away with anymore. But, but I'll tell you what, the one I'm going to choose it is the advert for the Mitsubishi Galant. And it's, yes. Uh, how the Mitsubishi Galant four-wheel drive, four-wheel steer gets from A to B, avoiding C. Yes, and it's... it's it's what it's pointing out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, you will go round the corner. And most of these, would, there are a lot of these that wouldn't be allowed now. Because, I mean, I, I'm going to click to the next one. Sorry, I know I'm not trying to give too many away. But it's it's test drive the Peugeot 405 where you see this sign. And it's the Twisty Roads. Mm. So, you know, we're, sharp bends coming up. And someone, some adenoidal little prat somewhere in their vegan sandals and bean curd scarves no no don't stereotype are going to <laughs> badly uh, are going to are going to complain someone will complain to the advertising standards authority and allowed to be pulled because you're yeah. just not allowed to say stuff like that these days because someone will take offense yep and a gate and a small potting shed but there's some cracky oh there's some really good ones actually in here the more I, the further i click through the more i like it Awesome. I like the Honda Accord one. I think that's quite funny because it's the yeah. Honda Accord Aero Deck, and it says Honda's new executive estate. You could even fit a phone in, and they've got the seats down and a phone box lay down in the back of it. Even though it does look like it's a cut and shut car because the back end is dark grey and the front is a much lighter. I think it, I think that's because it's been scanned from yes, two separate yeah, pages. Yeah. Yes. So you know, let's. <laughs> But I, I, I thought, well done there. It. You've been quite clever. I like that. Also, those Honda Cordero decks that that generation are such good looking cars. Yeah, really handsome. Anyway, that's They're massive. They are. Yes, just really nice. And again, you could get them with four wheel steer as well, couldn't you? I they have it. I think you could. Yeah, yeah. That that generation of Honda Honda Accord, you could get with four wheel steer. Okay. Well, certainly the Prelude at the same yeah, time the with the floppy up could, could, yeah. 
Anyway, I'm waffling, aren't I? So the lunchtime read uh, this week is from the intercooler. Now, we don't normally include lunchtime reads from behind paywalls, but the intercooler is really very, very good into, in, in uh, indeed, and, and it's it's for a ridiculously small amount. I shouldn't say that. A ridiculously small amount each month you get. You get an awful Value for money fun. is what you're you saying. You get wonderful value for money, uh, especially when it comes to things to read at lunchtime. This week, there's a piece called by Julian Thompson, uh, obviously uh, formerly of Lotus, formerly of uh, JLR, uh, called What Do Car Designers Do All Day? Which talks about what a car designer does all day. And it's, again, really interesting. Just it's the kind of stuff that a lot of you out there uh, will enjoy. I, I know that we, we quite often get dragged into car designy type discussions. Um, it's just genuinely really interesting about the various, not the various tensions, but just what's important, certainly to him, uh, certain, uh, and and the sort of just the kind of things which they and discussions which they end up having in the course of a day to try and keep the design of a vehicle as they'd hoped it would be. And the compromises and all these things that that, that, that they try out, uh, a cracking read. And obviously, there's lots, lots, lots of others in there. If you're not read the intercooler, you do get the first thirty days free, so you do get to see. You can read that and lots and lots and lots of other great articles. We mm-hmm. are not being paid to say that. No, but it's really good. <laughs> yes. And congrats to Dan Pross on that being his full time job now. By the way, as of today. All right. Okay. And finally, this week. Andrew, this is the piece of automotive news that everybody needed to know. Waka waka. It is, absolutely. The Studebaker Museum has stated that they want to restore Fozzie Bear's Studebaker from the show. Yes. <laughs> so, from that point of view, the Muppets and a Studebaker, yes, it has to be in. It has to be as, as are. And finally, hmm. they have they have said that they want to they wanna bring it back to its it's glory, glory, I think, would be the would be the right word there, uh, and they're trying to raise funds to do that and because uh, and then restore it. Do click through on the Jalopnik article uh, because you do get a a history of <laughs> Studebaker as well, let alone Fozzy <laughs> and how he got hold of it. So that would be that would be awesome if that comes off. Yeah, me too. As a huge fan of 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 the Muppets and the Mupp- the original Muppet movie. Uh, which is which is the film it, it starred in? Um, I just great, brilliant, good, fantastic. Yep, worthwhile, worthwhile thing to do. Before we finish off the first show of the year, a uh, couple of parish notes: Savage Hunters Classic Cars starts tomorrow evening on Quest. For those of you who don't have Discovery Plus and haven't been yep. binging on it, I've watched. I've actually only watched one of them so far. Watched the first in the series. It's excellent. What's there's? I think there's five this time, but each one is only one car per episode uh, okay. now, so that they can take proper time to talk about stuff properly and speak to proper people and see more stuff. So it's really good. You, ab, yeah, it, it's it's right. It's the I have it series linked already. Good. Good. Well <laughs> worth it. Uh, other one is we're going to be recording. It says recording special editions soon, which means uh, the night you hear this. So we have uh, a bunch of stuff uh, queued up uh, to record. So there will be um, more content coming very soon. Yep. 
commiserations. Well done, our sales manager. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, and that i think is it for the week on which on which positive note yes don't forget folks between now and next week you can give us any feedback share your thoughts with the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities uh, remember you can support us financially via patreon and please leave a review and rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing andrew what's the best way to get in touch with you Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. Now, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is always Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back, uh, as I said, uh, very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.